Welcome, everybody. Welcome. To this week's episode of Comics Corner. I am Casey. This is Christy. Hi. Yeah, I got it right! <laughs> <laughs> I have been trying to get that for like two months now. Anyways. Um, it's the small things in life, you know? You set is. manageable goals. Exactly. You know, you get up and you make your bed every day. And if nothing else goes right, at least you come home to a nicely made bed. Hey, Sithora Aisha, how's it going? Good morning, or afternoon. It is afternoon, right? Good, whatever part of the day in the part of the world that you're at. Yeah, uh, time has lost all meaning for me, so <laughs> it's just there. But uh, we got a lot to discuss this week. So uh, much DC news. has released the floodgates, uh, so we've got so much DC news today. Uh, we've got uh, Falcon and Winter Soldier, of course. And then for our this week in comics history, we are discussing uh, Captain Marvel, the Marvel version, uh, and uh, Nightwing, a.k.a. the first Robin. Um, so we've got a lot. How, how have you been, Christy? It's been a, been a wee bit I've crazy been lately. Good. Um, not a whole lot going on this week, but I've, obviously I've watched all my shows. Um, nice. Yeah. Uh, not doing anything too terribly exciting. How are nice, you? Nice. Uh, you know, uh, I'm hanging. Uh, I got my second COVID shot yesterday, yeah. and it's uh, killing my arm. But mm-hmm. other than that, you know, I'm good. Got one more week, and then I'm like, yes, freedom. I can, yeah. you know, do things normally. That's um, where I'll be next week. I've got my next COVID shot next Friday, so. Yeah, the first, from what I've heard, if you didn't have it, the first one is the worst, which is the first one wiped me out, and then uh, the second one is not bad. But if you mm-hmm. didn't have it, then the second one usually is the worst one, from what I've heard. So, good luck. Yeah. Thanks. <laughs> I don't have a whole lot of plans. Like, obviously, we'll record the podcast, and then uh, RSG is supposed to have a ladies' night that I'm supposed to stop by. But other than that, I've got a few days that I can just kind of chill and relax. That's good. Here, yeah, a grumpy it's... Paul from the Escape <laughs> podcast. He's going to complain the entire weekend, I'm sure. It'll ah, be great. Hey. I'm looking forward to it. I mean, men are babies when it comes <laughs> to not feeling well, so. Yeah. Not surprising. All right. So we're going to get right into it. Let's start so, with the news. Yeah. So we have a brand new graphic. So check this out. Nice. <laughs> I love this. It's so cheesy. And I was like, I was scrolling through graphics and I was like, yeah, I'm just going to go with the really, really cheesy one. Why not? I love it. That is fantastic. Uh, okay. So as, as we mentioned, DC released the floodgates after the Snyderverse and we will get mm-hmm. to like the 15 stories that it is. Yeah. But Lots First, of casting news, especially. Yes, and, and some potentially problematic casting news. Mm-hmm. Um, but most importantly, we finally have an official release date for Black Widow. Yes. <laughs> it is going to be, and we got a new poster, too. Which mm-hmm. If you haven't seen it, I highly recommend it. It looks really cool. Uh, 
It is going to be July 9th, and it is going to be a day and day Disney Plus release. Yes. Which I am totally okay with this. Like it, I said from the beginning, if they release Black Widow via Premier Access and I had to pay $30 to do it, mm-hmm. I would do it. <laughs> yeah. I am so pumped for this movie. There, There is a little bit of controversy surrounding that business model where mm-hmm. a lot of people are trying to say like, oh, don't pay the extra money because you're already paying for the platform and then you're paying more for this release. But you know what? Yeah. If I went to the actual movie theater, if I felt comfortable to do that, I would yeah. spend more than $30. Exactly. So in the case of something where I would absolutely watch it in the movie theaters, if I'm not comfortable being out in public yet, I am absolutely happy to spend that $30 and spend it in the home because yeah. that's going to keep the the level of movie production that I want yeah. to see. Yeah, and like I get the for families especially like mm-hmm. this is one of the reasons why uh when trolls started all of this it really worked even though it was like 20 bucks for two days or something like yeah. for a rental it was an insane price but for most families that's a whole lot cheaper exactly i mean a family goes to the movies out. and they're spending a hundred bucks and that's yeah you know with Easily. one bucket of popcorn yeah so uh I'm not opposed to this. The problem is they've done it for films that were kind of eh. So like Mm -hmm. I bought Mulan because a friend of mine wanted to see it. I was not impressed. If it wasn't for that, I would not have bought it. I would have waited the three months. Uh, They did it recently for uh, Raya, The Last Dragon. Mm -hmm. Uh, I've had friends that have gone and seen it in theaters. They liked it. But it's not doing well on Disney+. Plus, So they're releasing it to Disney+. Plus sooner um i don't remember the exact date for that but it'll be within the next couple of weeks or so um and now with black widow like this is probably the first film that they've got on their slate that could actually work for this model yeah uh i i think if it if it is a blockbuster movie where you have the kind of hype that mm -hmm. like the the avengers movies have been providing this gives people like me an option to still see it right away and have that enjoyment. But yes, releasing it in theaters lets people who are ready to go back out in the public go have that experience, like still be safe. But if you want to see it in the theater, go see it in the theater. If you want to spend yeah. that same amount of money and see it at home, do it. What I what I don't think would be right is if they released it for free on Disney Plus and then still yeah. released it in the theaters. Then you're just like people who go see it in the theaters. That's a lot more expensive. That that's not the same. Yeah, I think I think this Max is, is doing that. This movie is absolutely a case where yes, I I think it should be more expensive to watch it right now at home. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Uh, and like I said, I'm totally going to do it. Uh, yeah, the I day am that too. it comes out. And I can't wait. Uh, I will happily spend that 30 bucks. Well, actually, I'll make Paul do it. But, you know, that's what yeah. husbands are for. Yeah, exactly. And <laughs> it's, a, it's a Friday release. Yeah. Um, It'll be a date night. Know? It'll be great. It'll be fantastic. Um, and I know that uh, I know Regal is opening up at the beginning of April, I believe it mm-hmm. is. Right in time for uh, Godzilla versus Kong. Excuse me. Um, which I'm still debating. Part of me wants to go see it on the big screen, but part of me is like, have movie theaters actually learned their lesson 
And am I going to walk into a gross theater like halfway through the day? And I'm like, eh, I don't yeah. want to do that. Like the movie theaters as they were will not work anymore for a number of reasons. Uh, but mostly because, you know, public safety and public mm -hmm. health. Um, so we'll see. I may watch that on my 4K TV at home, uh, but we'll see. Yeah. Uh, for this, I mean, depending on by then, I may do both. I may go see it in theaters and I may pay the $30 to watch mm -hmm. it at home for how much I want. Um, we also got a new release date for Shang-Chi. So Black Widow was supposed to open the first weekend in May. They moved it to July, uh, kind of skipping the July 4th kind of curse date. Mm -hmm. uh, and that took Shang-Chi's date. And then Shang-Chi is opening September 3rd. So that should be interesting. I, I think that's a slightly better date for that. Um, yeah. But we'll see kind of what they're going to do kind of going forward. Um, you know, whether or not this works or not, I don't know. You know, mm -hmm. the numbers have been spotty at best for HBO Max. I mean, the Snyder Cut was off the charts uh, in terms of numbers, but Wonder Woman 1984 was kind of eh. In terms of numbers, um, so we'll see kind of what they're going to do kind of going forward. Uh, Godzilla versus Kong will be the first big test for HBO Max of how many people go see it in theaters, how many people stay at home and watch it on the service for no extra cost. Um, and, you know, we'll see. It may work. It may not. Yeah. Um, but I did see one um, Marvel release where they slipped in an extra movie in October of 2022. So yeah. nobody nobody has any word on what that could be. I personally think that it was kind of just somebody created it and used it as a placeholder because they're only just now saying that Captain Marvel 2 and... Um, the Ant-Man quantum realm are uh -huh. about to start filming. So yeah. they don't have anything that's far enough in production where they could really be releasing it for October, unless there's a massive secret project that nobody knows about. Yeah. Or well, and potentially if we had a longer release of something. Yeah. Well, this is so because they, so they'd already moved the schedule around for, mm -hmm. uh, Black Widow and Loki because they were supposed to release on the same day and they didn't. So now that are they going to push Loki back up to May instead? Like all of this kind of doesn't, you know, because Falcon and Winter Soldier is supposed to tie into Black Widow because there's been rumors that one of the characters from Black Widow was filming on the set of Falcon and Winter Soldier. Yeah. So is it going to be another WandaVision where it was supposed to come out the same time as Doctor Strange 2. And now we're, you know, at least six months to a year out from Doctor Strange 2 because they're just now filming. Yeah. Uh, so they'll probably move Loki up. And then we've got Shang-Chi in uh, September. Apparently, Eternals is coming out on my birthday. So nice. that'll be fun. And then we've got Spider-Man No Way Home in December. Uh, we're kind of they were supposed to release the what if series sometime this year no idea no date on that same with the Hawkeye one which I know they've been filming Hawkeye for a while but I don't expect that 
any sooner than 2022 at this point. Yeah. Um, Although you got to imagine there's less special effects with something like Hawkeye. They might be true. able to get that through post-production pretty fast. True. Um, the Miss Marvel series, the Kamal Khan series, mm-hmm. uh, was filming. I have heard that they've had some production issues both in front of and behind the camera. Uh, so that may be delayed. Um, and I'll be honest, I don't know a ton about the character and I've not really heard or or watched a whole lot from the people that are producing it. So, um, that one, uh, I'm going to wait on a trailer for before I decide yeah. about it. And then I only know bits and pieces because I haven't mm-hmm. read that comic series yet, but I am excited for the possibilities. Um, she's a fun character. Yeah. So what I have seen, I've enjoyed. Mm-hmm. Um, I just I love the layers of the world. And really, that's yeah. that's Marvel's strength is everything kind of builds on something else. Yeah. And so it just it makes everything feel much more real and much more like you can have your personal favorite character and kind Mm -hmm. of deep dive on them somewhere, whether it's in a film like Iron Man or if it's a TV show like what if like, yeah, you can you can have whatever your favorite thing is in Marvel and there's something made for you. Mm hmm. Yeah, and then, of course, uh, March 25th, 2022, we've got Dr. Strange 2, which I'm so excited about. I hope they yeah. get it done in time. Uh, and then Thor, Love, and Thunder is May, the first weekend of May 2022. And then we get kind of iffy as to, like, when stuff is happening. So yeah. they have kind yeah. of, like, mm, maybe loose dates, but yeah. a lot of the stuff that you're talking about then, they haven't, they haven't started filming. They're still in pre-production. No. In yeah. some cases, uh, they're talking about stuff that they still haven't had a writer for. So, yeah, you know, with stuff comic like book Hulk, movies, that that means yeah. that it could be a couple of years or it could be a decade. Yeah, uh, yeah, exactly. So, you know, there's a couple that are up in the air, like She-Hulk supposedly has a cast. Mm-hmm. I haven't heard anything else about it. Black Panther 2 is still very much up in the air. What the heck they're going to do with it? There's a couple of ways they could go. Yeah comic book basis wise they could go with shuri which is my guess mm-hmm. uh or they'll keep her as like you know the leader of wakanda and then bring in mbaku to yeah. take over the role by panther there's also uh, been rumors that they'll bring back killmonger because you didn't actually mm-hmm. see him die and yeah. there's comic book support for each of those three scenarios um personally what i'd like to see is they focus more on Wakanda and the characters that we already know from there and don't worry so much about who's taking up Black Panther's mantle. Like it's an important, it's an important character, but I would rather see it be more about the country and the people and how they're dealing with the loss of their leader because those actors are dealing with the loss of their friend, like in real life. And I feel like that would be a very powerful story. Yeah, it'll be interesting. Um, you know, they have some opportunities to do the non-typical, uh, which has support within the comics. Um, the way they built Shuri, I honestly don't think she would 
as her current iteration, I don't think mm-hmm. she would want to take on the mantle of king or queen, uh, similar to Thor. You know, he, yeah. it's his birthright, but he he doesn't fit. Um, so it'll be interesting to kind of see what they do. Um, but at the end of the day, I just want them to be true to the characters within the comics. Uh, and, you know, we'll go from there. Yeah, um, yeah we'll see but, when, it, when it rolls around. We'll have lots to talk about. Oh, yeah. 100%. So. DC News. DC News. And we've got six different, five, six different stories that are just massive. So starting with the Snyder Cut, Mm -hmm. uh, there is, and I have not heard of this particular uh, reporting company. It's not Nielsen, but it's Samba TV. From what I've heard, they... Uh, pull their stats from smart TVs that have the uh, household reporting on. So these are, I'm sure, only a fraction of the numbers. They're not like indicative of the whole thing, but they uh, pulled the stats for both Wonder Woman and for the Snyder Cut. And Wonder Woman had 2.2 million over Christmas Day weekend. Uh, the Snyder Cut had 1.8 over the same mm-hmm. three-day weekend, basically. Um, so that'll be interesting. Um, and they only had, like, three very specific markets. So they pulled from, like, San Francisco, Sacramento, and L.A. So that makes me think they're a California-based company, which is fine. Um but it's only a uh, again a fraction of the numbers but i think it's indicative of kind of where the numbers were and hbo max will never release the how many how many yeah. got downloaded what the new subscriber rate was and all of that um so so far the numbers have been good i mean as good as we can get um so it'll be interesting kind of to see going forward uh, what what the numbers are as they get released. Um, I know that uh, recently, uh, the other day, the uh, hashtag Restore the Snyderverse was uh, trending on Twitter for 24 hours and mm-hmm. it had something like 1.4 million tweets in 24 hours, which broke the end game like tweeting record um and i'm not sure if it was a troll or support but i know the russo brothers came out and said that they would consider releasing a six-hour director's cut of endgame and i'm like yes please 100 give give me more black widow i would watch every single minute of it i don't care if it's 30 seconds new content to new content to me i would watch it all I'd be fine I with mean, that. Honestly, like, I just want a series of Cap returning the stones. That would be nice. Um, like, send pics of toothbrush and toothpaste. Oh, sorry, Paul. I'm already recording. Um, Paul from the Escape podcast has very helpfully reminded me that I did not tell him what kind of toothpaste I use. <laughs> well, and after I mean, 12 years of marriage, he has still never noticed. Well, you know what they say. Yeah. Uh, no. What I would what I would love from um, from the Marvel universe, if they were going to re- release Infinity War or Endgame, 
I would mm-hmm. want just something that, like, a 20-second tie in between the last moment of Infinity War and the first moment of Endgame, and then just release the whole thing all together. Yeah. And I would be a million percent fine with that. That would be great. I mean, honestly, yeah, same. Um, you know, I know fans have done, like, super cuts, so I know that there's a, a four-hour super cut of Revenge of the Sith with the corresponding Clone Wars episodes. Um, you know, I would totally be fine with a- any of that. Uh, it would be interesting. Um, so we'll start with kind of the smaller flash news or the smaller news and then go up mm-hmm. from there because we've got a lot of headlines. Um, so the flash, uh, movie is currently filming, uh, the, I don't know, say his name wrong, but Billy Crudup, who played uh, Henry Allen in the Snyder Cut, uh, because of his commitment to other shows that are already in production and COVID, there was just no way to safely have him travel between the two sets. So uh, he has been replaced by Ron Livingston, who mm-hmm. looks really familiar, but for the life of me, I don't know where I know Office him from. space. He was the lead of an office space. Uh, that would do it. I see. think he was on like a 90s TV show too. I'm not really sure. Yeah. Like he, I feel like it, it would be something weird that I would know him from. Like, I feel like he was an early edition, but I, I might be making that up. Let's look. Uh, let's see. Do, 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 do. Office space. Yep. That, that is right. Ah, uh, Boardwalk Empire. That's where I know him from. He was Burger in uh, Sex in the City, one of Carrie's boyfriends. Mm-hmm. A few episodes of The Practice. Oh, he was in Band of Brothers. That's where I know him from. Yeah, I definitely know him mainly from Office Space, which I will watch a million times in a row, happily. Oh, Office Space is a fantastic movie. Uh there was a uh, totally uh, remind me I have a, a space ball story to tell you later um, so yeah that'll be interesting I'm, I'm curious kind of what they're going to do with Flashpoint going forward um, so that'll be fun um, so uh, to the CW small screen news uh we have a uh, casting announcement for Black Mass for mm-hmm. the Batwoman show. It is going to be Peter Outerbridge, uh, who looks really familiar, but I don't think I've ever seen anything he's in. He reminds me of uh, Richard Grant, which is who I'm thinking of, I'm pretty sure. But uh, I'll admit, I don't know a whole lot about Blast- Black Mask as a character, but that should well, be Well, he was actually just played by Ewan McGregor in... Um... The Birds That's of Prey movie. So yeah. people who have watched Birds of Prey will be a little bit more familiar with the character. Yeah. That, that'll that yeah. be fun. Um, so that could be interesting going forward. We'll see, honestly, what they, uh, yeah. I just, what I, they do. When we talk about recaps, I will talk about the last episode of Batwoman. Um, mm-hmm. It is going to a place that I think everybody should be a little happier with. Good. Uh, so, the, uh, yesterday, 
Well, Thursday we got this poster for the Snyder, for Suicide Squad, which I have to admit reminds me of a very colorful version of a World War II propaganda poster. Uh, it's interesting. It's very old school, uh, but I feel like there's too many characters, which means someone's going to die, I'm sure. Uh, and then, of course, yesterday we got the first trailer, uh, which as I was watching it, I was enjoying it the first time. I rewatched it a second time and they leaned a little too heavy on the banter. Uh, and I'm getting very, very strong Guardians of the Galaxy vibes, which I'm concerned about. Yeah. Because, I, you know, I want them to stand on their own. I don't want them to be the same, you know? Yeah. Yeah. There was this weird moment with John Cena's Peacemaker. And I was just like, the but the beach what? yeah the beach yeah. scene and I'm like but why <laughs> I uh, honestly I think what they're trying to do is um, the first Justice League movie took it too seriously yeah and it was not successful at being a a serious actiony movie yeah and some of the best moments of that were inadvertently funny. Yes. So I feel like they're trying to go in the other direction and they're like, okay, well, we'll just make it silly, campy, fun. Yep. And we have a lot of really weird characters and let's just let them be weird and fun. And, you know, they they have some really very good comedic actors in the movie. I I didn't even know Pete Davidson from SNL was in it Mm -hmm. until I saw him crop up. And I was like, what the... But all of the scenes that in the trailer that he's in, he has something stuck to his shoe. Yeah. <laughs> so I, okay. Um, but I think that they're going to try to go for a completely different aesthetic because yeah. they they know that the first Suicide Squad movie was not successful. And I think the only way that they can justify making another one is to mm-hmm. go in a 180 degree direction try for silly and funny and see if maybe that's their magic recipe. So yeah, it does feel a lot like Guardians of the Galaxy because it's going to be superhero-y, but mostly funny and kind of like bright and colorful. But I'm okay with that. Because I Guardians of the Galaxy is my favorite part of the MCU anyway. I love those movies. True. Yeah, I, uh, I, well, I like the first one. For me, the second one, the soundtrack really let me down. Yeah. Um, well, the first one was unexpectedly fantastic. Yeah. And then, well, and then, uh, so I was rewatching uh, Infinity War and Endgame the other day. And when they opened, when they brought them in with the rubber band man, I was like, that is like just the perfect song choice for them. Like, so it, it really is, well, that, and I didn't really like ego. Um, even though I love Kurt Russell, um, but the second one just didn't work as a film for me. And I don't know why yeah, it just, it felt it was, a little off. I, I, the whole thing with him having powers and then immediately giving them up to defeat the planet dad. Mm-hmm. Like there was, there was just something where it didn't feel as rewarding of a payoff. Yeah. It's, uh, it's a lot. Yeah. But we'll see. Uh, I'm curious kind of what they do. I will say this is by far the best version of Harley Quinn we have seen on film. 
that mm-hmm. is not the animated series because the animated series is fabulous. Well, the animated series created the character. She was in yeah. that animated series before she ever appeared in comics. Yeah. So uh, we'll, we'll see. I really do like Margot Robbie as Harley mm-hmm. Quinn, but I think it's it's a case very much of she needs to be under the right director with the yeah. right writing, you know, and do it that way. Uh, so we'll see uh what they have going forward um it could be interesting uh i will definitely see it regardless because i saw suicide Squad, the original because i was like there's no way it's as bad as everyone says it is (laughs) oh boy was i wrong yeah but i digress uh maybe eventually you know we'll get the proper air cut one day but uh big shazam news uh, so Helen Mirren has closed the deal to play the villain Hesperia, who is mm-hmm. a daughter of Atlas. So they're bringing in more of Greek mythology, which I love. Yeah, that's uh, one of my so favorite pieces of DC comics. It's a chance for them to, you know, play with established characters, but also create new characters. So that'll be fun. Uh, of course, uh, it is titled Fury of the Gods. So that'll be interesting. Um, haven't heard when they're going to start filming, but it's probably going to be soon. Uh, and then, of course, David Sandberg is directing it. Uh, so that'll be fun. Uh, I hope that they don't do another Christmas movie that they release in April. <laughs> but, uh, you know, that was weird. It was weird. It was very weird. And uh, at the end of the day, uh, we shall see. You know, it's a big get for them. That's a big name. Um, And she's just a fantastic. Oh, yeah. Like, uh, honestly, and she's played weird, silly stuff before. Like, if you've ever seen the Red movies, she's phenomenal. I love her. I love those movies so much. I might actually rewatch that after I rewatch Captain Marvel later. Yeah. Um, oh, red is red is fun. Oh, they're so good. Like that whole like I want to get to that point in my life where I don't care what anybody thinks and I'm just gonna do what's fun for me. Mm-hmm. But I digress. Uh so yeah, that's a big name for a film that as much as I love Zachary Levi, he is not a big name star. So yeah, he's it he's works quirky and favor. fun, but he's not an A-list or headline-y kind of name all the time no and you know he is phenomenal i have loved him since chuck and watched everything he has done since then uh if you haven't seen chuck i highly recommend it it is a funny geeky Mm -hmm. uh it's spy spy. but but funny It, it has so many pop culture pop culture references uh i'm pretty sure it's uh on amazon prime i think it is yeah i've rewatched uh, it a couple of times so solid stuff trying trying to get them to do a movie like the cast wants to do a movie but warner brothers like come on hbo max it's a thing <laughs> but i digress um so yeah that'll be fun highly looking forward to that um so the biggest piece of news that came out of it was uh, Black Adam. Uh, so they got Pierce Brosnan to play Dr. Fate. Uh, yeah. Now, I will say, this is 
perfect casting as far as comics book accurate. But uh, as far as I'm aware, uh, the character is of kind of uh, the character that he turns into is not he's like of Middle Eastern descent, I believe, if I'm not wrong. Well, there's a lot of different versions. Yeah, so it'll be so, interesting to see what they do with it. I don't I don't know that they said which version of Dr. Fate he's going to play. There are yeah. some that that are. Yeah. Um I know so, what, you're, what you're referring to. There um some of the more recent Dr. Fates are definitely Middle Eastern. Yeah. And you know, if they had to uh recast Hawkman and they had to recast Moon Knight, Mm-hmm. Uh, I can't see this being okay <laughs> going forward. Not that I have a problem with it. I think it's a fantastic casting. Uh, and in fact, I watched a couple of videos covering this. And they were like, this is perfect as far as comic books go. But somebody I'm sure will have an issue with it at some point. Yeah, it, uh, it really depends on the version. There are yeah. some versions that where a British actor can play that perfectly acceptably. It's, it's where you take somebody who in the comics is middle Eastern and then play it with a white actor. That's whitewashing. Yeah. But comics have a lot of characters who share the same name and the same powers and, and things like that. That's yeah. It, It, It can get problematic, but uh hopefully you know they find a way to keep every well you're not going to keep everybody happy but at least you know you can uh hopefully sidestep any landmines that'll probably happen um but yeah that is the news my god there was a lot of it uh lots of news so much like the cynic in me was like hmm this seems oddly convenient that they're releasing all of this to bury the center cut Sorry, I was I was looking it up at the same time. He's playing the Kent Nelson version of okay. Doctor Fate. Okay, so that that eliminates that worry of yours. Oh, good, because I because I've heard I I had heard it on several bigger comic mm-hmm. book sites that people were already talking about that, and I'm like, ooh, no, let's not stir the pot if we don't have to. Yeah, because you know somebody somewhere is going to find an issue with everything it's just how the world works nowadays unfortunately but uh a lot of casting news a lot of exciting stuff uh i'm hopeful that they didn't release all of it that they gave some set the snyder cut some room to breathe so we'll see kind of if going forward um i think eventually especially if the numbers are really good there will be a Snyderverse on HBO Max, uh, which is kind of the perfect vehicle for it. You know, these streaming miniseries that are six, seven hours long um, are kind of perfect. Yeah. <laughs> as far as storytelling goes. So we shall see. But we will head over to our This Week's in Comics History, and we will see you after the break. And now, on This Week in Comics History, and we're back. So this week, <laughs> good break. 
I should make them longer, but you know, I don't have no, like full 30 minutes. It just cracks me up that you called it a break. <laughs> That's the part I'm laughing at. Well, I mean, it is technically uh, well, a five second I, I break. Am, I am working on commercials. They are coming. Mm-hmm. Uh, learning 2D character animation is taking me longer than I anticipated, yeah. uh, but I'm working on it. Uh, <laughs> Anyways, so as you can see by our photos, our this week in comics history is Captain Marvel and Nightwing. And that looks so, fantastic. That looks uh, really good. Yeah, I'm I'm slit. I well, the Captain Marvel one, but I pulled it from Endgame, and it just like was perfectly sized, and I was like, yeah. oh yes, I'm getting better. About, and I didn't notice till after I'd pulled them because I pulled these photos at like 3 a.m. when I was sleepy and. <laughs> way out of it but like the color schemes are almost exactly the same it looks like you did it on purpose i didn't i really didn't okay so uh we shall start with captain marvel because i I had a feeling you would i know a bit more about captain marvel than i do nightwing Mm -hmm. um it's been a long time since i've watched the batman animated series uh, and I have not watched it recently, so my memory of him is slightly weak. Yeah. Uh, but, uh, and we were talking about the Carol Danvers version of Captain Marvel at the moment, or Miss mm-hmm. Marvel as she's sometimes known in the comics. Uh, she first appeared in uh, where March 1968. 60. Yeah, in uh, Marvel Superhero 13. It was all blending in my notes. Um, and interestingly, she first appeared as a Air Force intelligence officer, not as an actual superhero. Uh, and it wasn't until, uh, a couple of issues later when she had the accident where she, um, her power, uh, she merged with Captain Marvel, uh, and became Captain Marvel. And um, I think that might have been the series, um, January 1977. Yeah, that's the one I'm so thinking of. She was a character within the universe as a yeah. normal human being for almost a for decade. A while. Yeah. Uh, she uh, appeared first in the Silver Age. Uh, and then, of course, that was when Marvel was doing the series of self-titled runs, mm-hmm. uh, which some of them were good, some of them were not so good. Uh, Captain Marvel has had some problematic storylines uh there is one of her on the moon that is often titled the rape of captain marvel yeah it's it's some dark issues she has a problematic history within comics uh which is a shame because it is a really good character um and we've seen a couple of iterations in the comics currently miss marvel is uh being helmed by Kamala Khan. Uh, mm-hmm. And uh, they were smart to stick with the uh, Captain Marvel version in the MCU. Uh, she is often with the Avengers, A-Force, Kree, or Alpha Flight. Uh, she has a bunch of different... She crosses the Marvel Comics universe so much. Um uh, She's been in Avengers run. She's been in X-Men runs. Mm-hmm. Uh, she's also been known as Binary and Warbird. Uh, and uh, is often one of considered the most powerful within the Marvel Cinematic Universe. 
uh, or well, within Marvel Comics, you could make a claim that the way that they're doing Scarlet Witch in the MCU is kind of putting them on equal footing. Yeah. So I'm curious it's, to see They're kind where of overpowering goes. everybody in the in the yeah. MCU. So I'm I'm actually fine with that because they're also overpowering the villains. Yes, exactly. So I, they they want a spectacle, and I can get that. Um, yeah. With this, the Captain Marvel movie was a hit and a miss for some people. Yeah. Um, depending on it, how you enjoy the character, if you knew about her at all. I think that people who read the comic books and and really know the character really well, it was a bit of a miss because they kind of adapted the storyline to fit a movie better. Yeah. Because she has so much back history. Um, yeah. Well, and her, her, her stuff is all over the place. It really is. She's a lot all of different characters, a lot of different costumes, different versions of powers. Um, so they kind of abbreviated everything to make it a cohesive movie. Yeah. And I think the less you knew about her actual character, the more you could enjoy the film. Yeah. But I see why they did it that way. And I'm excited for the Captain Marvel movie too, um, to see where they kind of fill in some of those gaps. If they go with more of her understanding her history and, learning about her powers because she kind of went from zero to 60 yeah with not knowing that she had powers at all to remembering her past and the fact that she's not really Cree and like there there was a lot of of uh confusion there but honestly one of the things that i always forgot about is that she had such an impact on the x-men mutant rogue that Mm -hmm. that's why rogue can fly and has super strength and yeah like that's that's one of the things that I went back and rewatched because Rogue is my favorite X-Men character and I just kind of forget about some of the details of her past. Yeah. And so I that was a fun tie in for me. I was like, oh yeah, that's that's why she can fly. I Yeah. I don't tend to think but, about it. Yeah, I was I was doing a show prep on Thursday and I was listening to a couple of podcasts specifically diving into to the Miss Marvel stuff and it was like it was so all over the place all the time like she mm-hmm. really was you know as a character a victim of the fact that it was the 70s and the 80s in comics and they yeah. were problematic at best um for a lot of that time uh and i think they tried to overcorrect with the movie which i get i do mm-hmm. um so I'm curious to see where they're going to go with Captain Marvel 2. They've kind of laid some interesting groundwork in WandaVision for, you know, the strained relationship between her and Monica, which yeah. I want to know what that's all about, mm-hmm. um, you know, and whether or not it's a, you know, if she ever came back to Earth in that time frame between Captain Marvel and Infinity War. Yeah. Uh, if she didn't, I can understand why there's some issues between yeah. her and monica and we've got the whole scroll storyline that mm-hmm. i i can just expect that we're gonna get into more of that before we hit secret invasion yeah there there's yeah. a lot that that that's actually one of the things about this character is they use her to do so many things you know mm-hmm. that's that's why we have she has like seven different personas i don't know one two three four actually five yeah. um there's but a she lot has, she has four different c- 
comic book iterations where she has superpowers and a name and a costume and they're all pretty different from each other and there's it feels like sometimes they were looking for a way to tell a story and they were like okay well let's just take ms marvel and and make her this thing yeah so that gives you both some limitations when you're trying to tell a story today and yeah. trying to do a movie because you've got you've really got to choose your path. And mm-hmm. the movies can't be as weird and all over the place as the comic books have been. So you really kind of have to pick a lane and hope that it works out. Yeah, well, and, you know, Kevin Kevin Feige's, you know, mission statement is keep it to the comics and keep it simple. Mm-hmm. Uh, which we will get into more with uh, Falcon and Winter Soldier. Yeah. Uh, but uh, moving over to Nightwing. So Nightwing. He, uh, Nightwing. He uh, first appeared in Detective Comics number 38 at the beginning of April in 1940. Uh, I thought it was March, so that's why we're doing it this week, but that's okay. Yeah, good. Uh, that's good fun. Yeah. Uh, so we're talking the Dick Grayson version of Nightwing, correct? Yes. Uh, so he originally appeared as uh robin and then was in robin for uh was as robin for forever mm-hmm. uh, and, and most in, would say like if if you're thinking of robin most of the time that's who you're thinking of yeah exactly uh and then in uh, tales of teen titan number 44 in july of 1984 uh he uh, retires as robin and assumes the persona nightwing mm-hmm. um and it's interesting you know he had a uh, a family history being a circus acrobat uh and then gets adopted by bruce wayne uh and trains him into to being robin and stuff and there's a great st- a great comic and i forget which one it is off the top of my head where his graduate he had to be able to graduate to go into the streets he had to like elude batman for an entire night and it was like okay cool like but that's such a batman thing to do (laughs) it really is when in doubt you can just say it's kind of the batman thing to do and that answers a lot of questions it really does but yeah you know he he's played in a lot of different teams over Mm -hmm. the years uh he has a lot of his own uh runs um yeah um He's kind of been all over the place a little bit. Uh, yeah. I think he was... Uh, I know he was in the Batman animated series as Nightwing, I believe. Mm-hmm. Um, so he's he's had an interesting kind of history throughout the comics uh, as far as, you know, different storylines and different teams-ups and stuff. And it's a character that's been around for forever and with the... Yeah, the I know him mostly cool. from, like, Batman-related video games. Um, his Nightwing is usually a character that you can play and like to be specific Paul and I my husband the escape podcast if you're in twitch chat um, we we tend to play all of the Lego games together that gives us a lot of joy and in the Batman Lego games the girls can always jump higher I don't know why that is but it is they tend to be acrobatic whatever Nightwing is one of the characters that can jump like the girls and it Nice. It makes me happy. Um, but one of the things I was thinking about when we started talking about Nightwing 
is um, the my my cheesy favorite movies of Batman Forever and Batman Robin. Oh yeah, I they're so bad, but I love them. Um, but Chris O'Donnell um, mm-hmm. plays his version of Robin much more like Nightwing. Yeah. Um, it's heavy on the circus background. It's heavy on the acrobatic skills and less the little kid sidekick. Yeah. So if you don't know Nightwing and you kind of want to get into knowing about the character, that's actually not a bad place to start because yeah. nominally he is Robin, but he is also Dick Grayson of the flying Grayson's and the kind of personality traits and the action that he does in those movies is very much Nightwing. He plays him as a young adult and has the acrobatic skills and and all of those kinds of traits. Yeah. uh, And he's a bit persona non at the moment, but the Jeff Johns version of Nightwing is actually very, very good, uh, specifically within the Teen Titans. And I put in our Discord server some recommended reading. Um, he's He's a weird character, but he's a lot of fun, you know? Uh, and I suspect when they were talking in the Snyder Cut, uh, when Joker and him were talking about the son that died, my suspicion is that it's the Dick Grayson version of Robin, uh, which I hope that becomes the case because I want the detective version of Batman. It is my favorite version of the character. Yeah. So uh, we'll see going forward what they do. Uh Mas Kanata just said, oh no, what happened? I don't know. What happened? <laughs> I don't know. Was it the Batman died reference you just made? Because Batman does a lot. Oh, uh, okay. Uh, yeah, I'm not. Oh, okay. Oh. Yeah. Yeah, no, I'm... that was just you. I'm I'm watching our Twitch feed and, and we're fine. I think you had some internet problems, Mas Kanata. But yeah. thanks for asking. Yeah. Uh, yeah, I've been keeping an eye on our stats and we're okay on my end so <laughs> paul from the escape podcast says it's just you and look paul from the escape podcast i'm using your name in the audio because i listen sometimes not very often sometimes <laughs> i mean hey it's okay uh all right so um we're going to flip on over to are we getting the recaps yeah, we're getting into recaps. So, uh, do you oop, want me to oop. do the CW recaps quickly and then uh, yes, we can please. talk longer about okay. okay. Accidentally. Nope. Stop. Stop doing that. <laughs> Stupid Discord. Okay. Uh, so, we will do Batwoman first because that's what I watched first this week. Um, so, we are kind of wrapping up the whole Mystery Island sort of situation. Um, Bat, like everybody just gets to the island. Batwoman gets uh-huh. there, Alice gets there, Ocean gets well, he gets brought there, but also um, Jacob Kane, who's leader of the Crows, which I still mm-hmm. don't understand why the Crows have so much authority because they're like a private security firm, but we treat them like the cops. I still don't okay. really get that, but that's okay, it's fine. Um, he and his right hand woman, uh, uh, Sophie all get there at the same time. Everybody gets to the island together. And Batwoman, Ryan has a moment with Alice where she's like, you know, you don't really want to kill your sister, right? And so (laughs) Alice has this epiphany that 
further makes me think she's doing the anti-hero turn where mm-hmm. she's trying to like shake off her mental um she's been kind of brainwashed into becoming the person that she is so we're we're really kind of seeing that and um it turns out Kate was never on the island because of course Kate was never on the island of course not yeah so the the bad guy Sophia she is an, an actual character from the comics, mm-hmm. um, but she's always been kind of more of a pirate queen. And mm. I feel like the, this version of her, they tried to make her more of like a mystical, like leader of people. So much more of like a Ra's al Ghul. Gotcha. That makes and, sense. Um, I get that because with this version of Batwoman, they're really trying to make everybody like a powerhouse woman Like, let's have women villains, let's have women heroes, women sidekicks. I get that. But for the version of that, I am ready for it to be done. I love Mm -hmm. the strength of Batwoman is always um, getting into the the rogues gallery. And so the fact that we're kind of wrapping up this storyline and leaving the island behind... I want to see more villains. I want to see a a villain of the week kind of situation. And I'm really hoping that that's where we're going with the casting news where Mm -hmm. they said black mask is going to show up. I want to have something new happen each week. And the very last moment of the episode, we see a, like a pawn shop or a jewelry shop in Gotham. Mm -hmm. And then they kind of pan down to the sewers and you see a person who's, all bandaged up and scarred and and hideous figure and it's wearing Kate's necklace. So we have discovered that Kate Kane is back in Gotham. She's injured, she's hiding, and she has been recast. So that is how they've decided to deal with Ruby Rose leaving the show. They did say flat out that they weren't going to kill the character. And so this whole, like, is she dead, is she not thing was very frustrating because you have, like, outside of the world, you know that she's not coming back and you know that she's not dead. But the characters in the show were obsessing over it. So it's been a frustrating few episodes. Um, Yeah, I can imagine. So I I do know from, like, outside sources that we're going to get into questions of she tries to find her place in Gotham. So we know that Ryan is not going to be giving up the mantle of Batwoman. I hope that that Mm -hmm. means that we're going to get a lot more into seeing something different, letting her grow and be her own version of Batwoman. I'm excited to see where that's going to go. So if you have not watched Batwoman, skip everything before this. Just start with whatever comes out next week. Try try starting from there because it's all going to be pointless. Gotcha. And skipping ahead, what did I watch next? I think it was Flash. Okay, Flash. This episode is called Central City Strong. And I like that because that's it's a lot of what like real-life cities have been doing when something massively disastrous happens. Like after the hurricane, we did Houston Strong, you know? Mm-hmm. Um, so it starts off with them trying to rebuild the city and everybody's volunteering and it's also adorable. And then it gets into a lot of like going to 
meetings, um, mm-hmm. Iris especially, is dealing with some trauma from being stuck in the mirrorverse. And so it gets into a lot more of like, you know, get support, get help, talk mm-hmm. your feelings out. But then they also have a few interesting, um, like Abracadabra shows up, who has been in The Flash before, and he's mm-hmm. dealing with trauma, but not from this recent event. He's dealing from it based on Crisis, which was, you know, a whole season ago. So it's it's definitely one of those episodes where I kept feeling like if I was watching this live on the CW, they'd have one of those commercials that was like, if you need help, here's a 1-800 number you can call. Yeah. I'm not, I, I watched it on the app the next day, so I'm not certain that they didn't do that. But it, it felt like one of those episodes. It was an episode that you could enjoy if mm-hmm. you haven't watched any other Flash episodes. I mean, it was just mm-hmm. kind of like everybody had like their little superhero moments but still it was more about the people actually being real people Um, we did have a couple of really interesting moments one of Mm -hmm. which was um like i i talked last week about i think that more speedsters were going to show up because different colors of lightning went off Mm -hmm. and i think i was wrong we had a monster show up that was massively (laughs) Thank you, Paul. This is on a very special episode of Flash. Um, now, uh, um, this monster showed up that was massively strong and couldn't be beat and actually, like, ate an antimatter bomb without any ill effects. Like, it was, it was crazy. And so I did a little research, and it is a monster of the strength force. So ah. now what I think happened was these four lightnings um, coming out of them restarting the speed force, I think gave birth to these other forces, which now I've been doing research on and I hadn't known from the comics, but there's like strength force, which makes you super strong and sage force, which makes you super intelligent. And um, there were like three others. So it's... <laughs> It's really interesting. I think that that's where they're going to go with this. That That makes sense. For a while, they're going to defeat really strong monsters. And that they're going to defeat really intelligent people. And they're going to realize that they didn't just restart the Speed Force, but now there are all these other forces in the universe. So I'm excited to see that. And then the spoiler is that the very last moment, um, one of the characters, Caitlin Frost, has a Mm -hmm. dual personality. That um, she also, or Caitlin Snow is her real name, and she becomes Killer Frost, which has yeah. cryogenic powers. And Killer Frost has been a part of her her whole life, like saving her life, helping her heal. And mm-hmm. um, over the last like season, she's been letting Killer Frost go out and like live a life and be a real person. Yeah. And they walk out, and they are now two separate people. So something happened with the mirror, like she was hit with mirror powers. I think what that did was split her two personalities into two human beings. And so there's going to be a lot of fun, like double trouble kind of shenanigans that they'll get up to with that. The Flash is always good at shenanigans. So I'm excited to see the next episode. Yeah, surprisingly so. Yeah, it's that's always been more the lighthearted show. And then, mm-hmm. like, 
DC Legends of Tomorrow is more of like campy, silly fun. Yep. So it's those are those are my favorite out of the Arrowverse. Um, and then small or Smallville. <laughs> I mean, basically, Superman and Lois. It, the episode is called "The Best of Smallville," and that, just like you mentioned, with a weird Christmas movie being released not at Christmas, that is exactly what happened here. It was a harvest festival, and I'm like, is isn't it March? Like, yeah. Are, <laughs> was this supposed to be released? Did in the I fall? fall asleep for six months? I don't understand. But they have they have a harvest festival and they're harvesting wheat and I'm like, okay, I cool. guess COVID, <laughs> because that's always the answer. It's either because yeah. Batman or because COVID. Now. COVID, yeah. Um, but yeah, there was there was a lot of um, kind of like backstory. It was a mm-hmm. lot of Clark as a teenager and him. Relating that to his teenage boys, um, we had some teenage drinking, we had a teenage breakup and a teenage first date, and it was all teenage kind of angst. Um, Fun. We also got into the fact that our big bad guy, for well, we have two big ga- bad guys for the episode. One is Captain Luther, who we still don't know a lot about, but we think he came from another world. And he pretends to be a reporter, and then later we find out that in his world, he was married to Lois Lane. So uh, now they've got, like, the whole... he He's in love with Lois because she's just like his Lois. Ugh. Yeah. Love that. Yeah, because why not? And then we've also got um, the big bad guy of Morgan Edge, who is a super rich businessman that Lois is trying to fight against. And we figured out um, at the end of last episode that his assistant has superpowers she has super strength and also heat vision and in this episode we find out that this guy who just mysteriously appeared from the past um he's been missing for a few months and he just shows back up he's got Mm -hmm. heat vision and like later in the episode he can fly so he's he's obviously Mm. got like superman powers and so they're they're getting into a lot of um it it feels like morgan edge is trying to create a superman army where Mm -hmm. he's been like experimenting on people and maybe that's why they've been going missing Mm. because they they kind of get into that um and it looks like the it looks like the special effects that they're doing are very similar to iron man 3 when they were doing Uh the extremist tests yeah yeah, so if you if you kind of picture that, except for instead of just regrowing limbs, they're also becoming miniature Superman, you'll get a good vibe of how this episode was going. Gotcha. So basically, I have, like, all cross these episodes Iron Man recorded. 3 with, like, Dawson's Creek, and that oh, was boy. this episode of Superman and Lois. I, I have them all recorded. I need to sit down and actually watch all yeah. of them. <laughs> yeah, it was, it was weird. Um and then they're also, they had just a moment at the end where Jordan gets, like, attacked by the other kid from the football team who was starting to, like, vibrate and have powers. Mm-hmm. And so that's also very Smallville, where yeah. normal teenage kids were exposed somehow to kryptonite, and they started gaining superpowers in weird ways. And so yeah. I feel like they're going to do a lot, a lot of similar things with that. Yeah, it, it'll be interesting kind of... 
when I was watching the trailer, I got very much small vibes, like you know, the mm-hmm. grown up version of small of Smallville, basically. Yeah. Um, which I'm not opposed to. I mean, I love the show. Uh, and like, you know, we've had this happen with other shows like a uh, boy meets world, another girl meets world. And mm-hmm. like, sometimes they work, sometimes they don't. Uh, but I'm curious to see yeah. where they're going to go with this going forward. It It's definitely like, I expected this to be a Superman show, but Superman has a family. And it is definitely a lot less Superman than it is anybody else around Superman. Interesting. So they they seem to be focusing a lot on how the teenagers are teenagers and how Lois is a reporter. And oh yeah, Superman happens to be there. So the fact that he technically has top billing feels very weird. Yeah, well, and also I'm sure from a VFX standpoint, it's a Mm -hmm. whole lot cheaper. Yeah, yeah. (laughs) That, that does make sense. So, yeah, that, that was the CW this week. The, the three shows that I watched. I still haven't started on Black Lightning. It's I kind of want to wait for Black Lightning to just finish. I know they're on their last season. Mm-hmm. And I feel like it's going to take me so long to catch up. It's going to be over by the time I get there. That happens. <sighs> I'm going to get to them. Cool, cool, cool. Okay. All right. So that's the CW. Let's get to... Disney. Falcon and Winter Soldier. So And I'm wearing my Murica shirt just for the occasion. I picked it out nice. on purpose. Nice. I like it. Um so we've got two episodes to go over. Uh first one uh is um kind of we see we drop right into Falcon and Bucky mm-hmm. uh as their lives are at post blip post end game yeah. all of that all of that fun stuff and you know falcon goes back to what he knows which is working with the air force uh mm-hmm. and running ops as falcon not as captain america and ends up giving up the shield to basically put on display i think which... that his first battle is probably like it, it happened within the first like eight minutes of the show yeah and i think it's the best use of falcon that we've ever seen Yes, it I was agree. the perfect setup of bad guys. It was a great mm-hmm. action sequence, and it made me very excited for what this series could be. Yeah, and, and I love the fact that they brought back uh, Baltrock <laughs> from yeah. uh, Winter Soldier, so that that was fantastic. Um, and at the time when he gave up the shield, I was thinking, "Oh, that's not going to stay in the Smithsonian." um because (laughs) it's the government you know they're always going to be you know this is why the hulk exists like they've been experimenting with super soldier stuff since cap yeah they've Um, always been trying to replicate cap exactly um and but i also understand like and i thought about this after i watched both episodes um about you know him struggling with the legacy that is cap and mm-hmm. you know not while cat may think he's the right man for the job you know that your own kind of self-doubt of am i actually really good enough yeah and um, that this series is definitely exploring that because you have on one hand cap sees all of the good in sam and sees that he can do it and believes that he's mm-hmm. worthy to do it 
But Sam's also coming from a very different perspective where he sees the world in a very different way. Yes. And that's something that Cap is not ever going to understand. I mean, Sam is a modern man. Cap yeah. in very in a lot of ways was still stuck in his 40s person like persona. Yeah. And Cap is a white man who grew up in the 40s yeah. where Sam is uh, probably maybe like 90s, maybe 2000s. Yeah. I'm not sure how old he's supposed to be. But he grew up as a black man, and that's a very yeah. different perspective. And this yeah. show and is not shying away from that in any way. Oh, no. And and I was, after the and we talked about this extensively, actually, after the first episode, I was very concerned that they were going to push it to the point where you turned off people that you were actually trying to talk to. Mm-hmm. Because not everybody wants to have stuff shoved in their face. And... Hollywood is very much left-leaning and not everybody is. Um, And I didn't want them to cut their nose off despite their face. Um, And after the second episode, it seems like they were very, so far at least, but able to walk that very fine line. Mm -hmm. Um, I think what you're mentioning here is is also the same thing that Captain Marvel experienced, where mm -hmm. it was a very... Like, there are some people who who took it as kind of like a feminist attack vehicle when they were trying to make a very strong, very pro-woman, feminist, female character. Because in the comics, she has been a feminist female character. So they were they were trying something. And a lot of people were like, oh, she hates men. I don't want to watch this. And just kind of turned it off, attacked it. Things like that. So now you're having somebody who in the comics has been very, I'm a black man and this has been my experience. You're getting that in this show, but you're, you were concerned that there might be some people who would be like, oh, well, I don't want it because it's going to be too much of this. Well, yeah. And and especially with everything. And I know this was filmed before everything that happened in the last couple of months, Mm -hmm. but uh, tensions have been very high <laughs> and you know it i didn't want them to preach to people that only were there to watch superheroes you know yeah because not everybody wants to to have a secondary message to everything um and apologies for the weird ad that decided to play on my computer i don't know what the heck <laughs> happened uh so i'm gonna try and clean that up and post hopefully um but yeah i just i didn't want them to just push it to the nth degree to make a point because and they did this very well in the second episode Mm -hmm. uh with the interaction between bucky and falcon and you know they were arguing. They were two men arguing in a very sketchy neighborhood in Baltimore, which already does not have the best track record for anything, let alone, you know, properly policing. Um, and, you know, the cops stop him to talk and be like, what the heck's going on? And, you know, there's two ways to read that scene. You can read it immediately. Well, they stop because they were arguing or they stopped because it was a black man and a white man arguing and Mm -hmm. you know 
the fact is they're both dangerous looking guys <laughs> you know having a discuss you know having a very heated discussion um and you know it was interesting that they played with the well they left because they were avengers type thing um and the reality is they probably wouldn't have um but you know it, it we'll see kind of where they go with it going forward um i did do some research into the u.s agent storyline uh, mm-hmm. which oh boy are they literally following it to a t oh very closely uh, i was actually really surprised how close how closely they were following it um and i like the fact that he's a little unhinged <laughs> yeah like yeah so to to kind of recap that first episode um we have we have some good action yeah some great usage of falcon and his abilities we have got like bad guys paragliding away with those weird little suits which yeah i think is is the best way that you could give him bad guys to fight against. Mm-hmm. You know, it's not like he has a lot of like fighting against choppers and fighting against these guys in suits, but it's the best use of his abilities that I've seen mm-hmm. in film so far. Cause usually he flies yeah. a couple of, of things. He fly, he swoops around and comes up from the other side and he shoots guns. And this yeah. was much more of like a chase scene. And I really enjoyed that. And then yeah. you've got him talking to his Air Force buddy. Mm-hmm. And they start talking about the Flag Smashers as yeah. being uh, kind of a terrorist organization that cropped up during the blip. And this is based on an actual yeah. character from the comics called Flag Smasher. And that was his goal, was to yeah. make the whole world one place without borders. So the fact that they're yeah. doing that... I think that's a way that this show can be political without being political. Like they're, they're talking about some of those issues in a way that makes it feel much more across the board and comic booky. And there, it's also something that feels like it could really happen in this universe. Like they're doing things in a very interesting way. I like that they went with the geopolitical aspect of it. Yeah. Um, That really works. Um, and it makes sense that, you know, they would contract out, mm-hmm. uh, and then we switch to him going home and, uh, trying to get a, um, yes, I, I, I'll get Paul, to Enfys Nest Paul in a from sec. the Escape podcast is telling us that Enfys Nest showed up in episode two, and we're, we'll get there. We're still talking episode one, Paul, from the I Escape got sli- podcast. I got slightly distracted and, and went I off on a tangent. I can't talk to you right now about episode two if we're still talking. Ep- we're like ten minutes into episode one here. <laughs> yeah. Uh, okay. So we get, uh, we get Bucky mm-hmm. in his therapy sessions, which I found it interesting that they that he's not technically on parole but he kind of is like if he doesn't go to therapy yeah um which i find fascinating um but also i like that he's making amends Mm -hmm. and you know he's trying to figure out who he is post the conditioning that he's been in 
Um, he's going to therapy, and his therapist is definitely a soldier. Um, <laughs> uh, definitely a soldier in her own right. And yeah. she has three rules for him. And the rules are you can't do anything illegal. You can't yeah. hurt anyone. And that you have to say at the end that his name is James Bucky Barnes and he is no longer the Winter Soldier. Like he announces yeah. his intentions to these people. And so yeah. then you see him going on like a little vendetta where he stops this corrupt, um, I, I think probably a senator. I'm not really sure. Someone um, in uh, someone in the political role. Yeah, a political person that he helped to get to power and has still been abusing her power since then. And so he stops them and is like, oh, yes. And by the way, my name yeah. is James Bucky Barnes and I'm no longer. Th and it's just it's cute. It's it feels adorable. like if this person was real and really wanted to kind of like make up for all the things he had done in his past, even though none of it was his choice. Mm -hmm. This feels like something that he would do. It feels very AA to me. Yeah, um, it definitely feels I'm like sure one is of the what, 12 steps. Yeah, which I'm sure is what they modeled it after. Yeah. Um, so that was adorable. Uh, I love that. Mm -hmm. And then, of course, and we Sam see... Sam has a great moment going back home with his family. They're mm -hmm. um, somewhere in the Gulf Coast. I think New Orleans, but I don't think they ever really specifically said it. Um, yeah, I don't but think they're, so. They're catching fish on a boat, and he's trying to help his sister save the boat. And she's like, "You've been gone for five years. I've I've made all these choices. I've lived my life." Yeah. And so that that's one of the great aspects where you we haven't really seen anybody how they've experienced the last five years. Yeah. Like we had a very short moment at Endgame with with our heroes that they were all just trying to save their friends. Yeah. And this is one of the first experiences where we've talked to somebody who has really spent the last five years and what they've gone through that they had to survive, you know? And yeah. so Sam's, Sam's back and he's trying to make up for the last five years and help his sister save the boat, but he's not listening to her. Yeah. And she's like, I've moved on from this. And so he gets her to go to the bank, and that's that's one of the first experiences where he's treated in a way, and he he even is kind of like posing, trying to be like, "Hey, I'm an Avenger." Yeah. And it's still not changing the end result. Like even though the guy does recognize him, he wants to take a selfie, but he doesn't want to give him a loan. Yeah, and it, it's interesting. I. I watched that scene and I was like, oh, okay. They're just using this opportunity to be more greedy and, you know, <laughs> not, yeah. deny, you know, deny anybody who doesn't have, you know, a hundred million dollars in the bank. Um, and it's interesting that even with, you know, his history as an Avenger, his, mm -hmm. you know, government contracts, which I'm sure he's getting paid very well. Yeah. Um, you know, but that still wasn't enough assets for them to do a loan, which makes me wonder how badly did the financial system crumble during the blip? Yeah, it, it raises a lot of like social issues and mm -hmm. like economic issues that you don't really think about. Because no. if half of the world disappeared, that's, yeah, it's half of the people and that's horrible. And you think more about like the families 
but people buying stuff and people working yep. places and and it wasn't split like if an office of four people it wasn't two of them disappeared and the other two can still do the work yeah. you know it might have been entire industries and it it really makes you think about the impact of 4 billion people suddenly disappearing and then five years later suddenly reappearing yeah. exactly how we left them. And yeah, it, it, they kind of glossed over that with Avengers Endgame, but mm-hmm. you had to. Yeah. And it really, it, it'd be interesting to spend more time with the TV shows exploring all of the things that really were impacted by that. Yeah, and it's interesting, you know, uh, and they make a point of this in episode two, you know, you had all of these people that disappeared and things were better because a lot of the people that were in power, you know, Mm -hmm. good, bad, or indifferent, anything, any organization that gets extremely large that has a large amount of power is very A, bureaucratic, and B, tends to be very right right with corruption there's the right yeah. combination of words like shield um, and hydra exactly you know and there's numerous you know instances of this and you know you get to a certain level of you want more power you want more money and you don't want to give any of it up and so yeah things may very well have been better during the blip because a lot mm-hmm. of those people may have very well been gone or at least enough that yeah. their stranglehold on the world was lessened. And that's you know? what we're getting into with the second episode. Yeah. Um, with this Flag Smasher organization, we, we start to learn more about them. Yep. And that's exactly what their whole Going after. idea is, yeah. is some things were better during the blip. Like, there was less of corruption, less fighting, there, less wars. Like, mm-hmm. they they make that a much more sympathetic cause than I expected it to be. Yeah. Where you can kind of see, okay, well, they're not just bad guys because we needed a bad guy. Okay. Maybe they kind of have a point. And same thing happens with a U.S. agent, which I want to just keep calling him that. Um, He was revealed at the very last moment of the first episode. And... Mm -hmm. Like he turns around and you're like, oh no 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 no, I don't want to see that. Yeah, but he's then... also like, I don't know who designed the helmet or if they just like use the same model that they did for Cap, but it makes him look really dorky it and it makes his goofy. ears stack out like and I really think bad. That they wanted him to look goofy on purpose because if Maybe. it was just like a chiseled jawline, Chris Evans type, then yeah. I don't think anybody would have been so far against him. But yeah. um, the whole the whole bit of the character is that he is not Captain America, but he's a guy who patterned himself after Captain America. Yeah. But he's he's not the same guy. And oh, so no. we're um we spend the beginning part of the second episode really learning his backstory. And yeah, he he was, you know, top conditioning, um, a soldier he has a lot of similarities to the Chris Evans, uh, Mm -hmm. Steve Rogers, Captain America. Yeah. But he's not super powered. And I suspect he is technically. (laughs) Uh, 
And one of the things that's quite jarring is he uses a gun. Yeah. So well, Cap did too in uh, well, yeah in World War Two. But in most in most times that you see Captain, he's like punching or throwing his shield. Mm-hmm. Um, in wartime, he was not very shy about killing the bad guy. But um, in his modern Avengers kind of thing, mm-hmm. it was much more like I'm just gonna punch and you better stay down kind of thing. Yeah, and it's interesting. So they didn't really get into his back history a little bit, and I'll have to look at screenshots later of his mm-hmm. uniform to see to see everything that he is. So um, in the comics, he has a history of enlisting and then going to OCS, which is Officers Candidate School. It's it's the military's version of becoming an officer if you don't go to one of the service academies or you don't do... Uh, what they call reserve officer training cadet ROTC in college. Um, my suspicion is that he's special forces. Mm-hmm. So either he's a ranger that then went to either Green Berets or Delta Force uh, because his history and his medals, there's no way he could have done all of that in that short of time. Yeah. Um, and, you know, we, we, kick off episode two with him at some high school uh, mm-hmm. which they came out to that field and i was like that's there's no way that's a high school unless they filmed it in texas it, it definitely looked a lot more like a college marching band <laughs> well yeah it, it, it was definitely and you know i'll admit like i'm pretty sure it was one of the bigger uh historically black college uh, mm-hmm. marching bands because there's a couple of really famous ones yeah. Uh, and I didn't look to see which one it was, um, which is why it was such a misdirect because everyone's like, oh, it's Falcon. Nope. Yeah. Um, and I'll admit, like, I enjoyed it because I'm a marching band nerd. Like, that was my jam. Um, but optically, it looked a little weird. It It did. And it also, I think, was playing into the fact that he is an awkward Captain America. Mm -hmm. Um, this whole the beginning of the second episode he's like practicing saying good morning in in a gym locker room and uh, a girl walks in and mentions that she remembered um, walking in before games when they were in high school Mm -hmm. and then she says I love you darling I think it might be his wife or fiance or something that would be my assumption yeah Uh, but yeah the, the whole backstory for him makes him just feel awkward and clunky. Mm -hmm. And I think that's all on purpose. Yeah. Because you feel a lot of like mental instability from this character as the episode progresses. Yeah. And so what we've, what we've done here is Falcon voluntarily gave up the shield. He put it in a museum and he said, you know, I'm going to be the Falcon because this is who I am. Mm -hmm. We don't need a captain America. It'll be great. Steve was captain. You know, Steve, Steve belongs in a museum. He's gone now. This is, this is going to be the end. And they immediately turn around and make a new Captain America. And so as we're experiencing this episode, we're, we're learning a little bit more about this guy. So you feel like, okay, I see where we're going Mm -hmm. and reading more about us agent. They're sticking so close to the comic book material. Yeah. It's pretty fantastic. And even in the comics, like it, it very much was 
their, you know, attempt to make a, you know, a Cap and Bucky 2.0. Yeah. And they played very heavily into that on this episode. And it was kind of annoying <laughs> to me a little bit. So I was like, no, there's one Cap and there's one Bucky. Yeah, but that's exactly the point. Yeah. Um, and I think I think that what they did was they took the first episode of the show and set it up as, you know, Sam and Bucky are in very different places. They're very different people. They neither one can be Captain America. Yeah. And then they took the second episode and they gave them some kind of impetus that you really want them to say, OK, no, maybe we should pick up the shields. And so that's what we're doing. Um, we finally get Sam and Bucky together. They go on an adventure. Like Bucky kind of tags along at the last moment. And he's like, well, to heck with this. I'm going with you. I'm I'm going to yeah. help you stop these guys. And so we start getting the action of them together. And they have just the greatest kind of, um, I think you mentioned the odd couple. Mm-hmm. And it, it really is. They're, they have so much back and forth, great um, banter. And they just don't fit together, but they kind of fit because of that yeah. um, throughout this episode. And you kind of, you get the vibe that they're going to become a team and that somehow together they are going to, you, you want them to pick the shield back up themselves. Yeah. You know, and we as we were getting into some of the John Walker stuff and stuff, I was like, there's no way he is not some super soldier experiment. Like it was just yeah. like the footage they were showing. I was like, there's no way. Uh, and in the comics, he was, he had some experimentation. I forget yeah. what it is off the top of my head. Uh, yeah. Superhero psycho. Exactly. Or superhero psych. Yeah. Uh, and actually, ironically, uh, there, uh, psych is one of, my all-time favorite shows there has been a lot of memes of you know bucky and and, and falcon kind of feel like <laughs> sean and gus um so good um and it'll be interesting kind of going forward what they do and there's several moments where like they're on a mission they're fighting the bad guys and agent and u.s agent and i forget his partner's name haskins i think uh, it is lamar he goes by Battlestar. Yeah. Thank you. Um, they show up to save the day. And uh, yeah. Yeah. So we're don't need to. getting a little further into the episode. Um, Bucky and Bucky tags along on Sam's mission. So Sam goes in and he already has a sidekick of his own, which is his yeah. tiny little flying plane that he calls Red Wing. I love Red Wing. He's I so love cute. it because it's like half sidekick and half like puppy, you know? Yeah. <laughs> it's it's super cute and adorable but he um he sends that ahead and so bucky's scouting and he's like yeah i see two guys we can take them and sam keeps saying like oh yeah you see two guys you see two guys how many does red wing show you and there's like eight guys yeah and then they they see a hostage because they they scanned the semi and they see a hostage so they're gonna run after him but it's not a hostage no, nope. it is the same actress that played Emphysis. <laughs> it's just how she'll be known from now on. Yeah, she really um. will. Like, sorry, lady, but you are Emphysis. Her name is Erin Kellyman. She's a British actress. 
And um, so she does this creepy, creepy smile. Oh, so And then weird. pulls out her Flag Smasher mask yeah. and kicks the crap out of Bucky. Oh, yeah. Like, these guys Punches have to be Punches him into another, like, semi. It was fantastic. Yeah. And then they have one of the biggest tropes. Whenever you have an action movie and somebody happens to be on, like, a speeding train, they're mm-hmm. always going to have a fight on top of it. Yup. So this is a fight on top of two semis. And I'm like... You know, in real life, how does anybody stay on top of that? That can't be safe. It's not. And then at that, at that, if you were driving a semi and people were on the top of it fighting, wouldn't you pull over? Yeah, seriously. <laughs> <laughs> I love it. It's such a trope. And so they have they have this fight, and exactly what you mentioned happens. U- um, U.S. agent Walker, Captain. America. He's just going to be all of the adjectives. Um, <laughs> it works. He shows up. I, I honestly refuse to call him Captain America. Yeah. So. so so Walker shows up and he's like, I'm going to save the day. And he has his own Bucky, which yeah. in the comics, I've, I've done research, it's Bold Urban Commando. And what the, what the comic <laughs> oh, book gosh. version used them for is they would stage fights so that he could look like a superhero. <laughs> Yeah. And this is this is a character named Lamar and he takes on his own superhero name of Battlestar. So that's gotcha. where we we've been going with that um where he introduces himself as Battlestar. Um there there's I mean all of these characters so far are straight from the comics. And so they're they're going to join the fight and they're all losing. They're getting their butts kicked by these super soldier flag smasher people. And they have one one moment in there that I just loved the subversion of what I thought was going to happen. There's a sign coming up that they're about mm-hmm. to drive underneath. And so Falcon, like, flips over it and flies over it. He's like, oh, it's yeah. going to knock the bad guy off the back of the truck. And the bad guy just goes through it. Yeah, it's so great. And that was so great. I did not expect that to happen. And that was probably my favorite moment of this episode was just that but the entire fight you can tell that none of these guys can hold their own Mm -hmm. one-on-one with these guys so it's gonna have to be a team up it's it's really setting up sam and bucky as being a partnership that they Mm -hmm. need to fight together and they they end up like walking down the street and um trying to like they're they're just frustrated with with these two guys as taking on the mantle of Captain yeah. America. And so they keep just like walking away from them. It was pretty fun. Yeah, and and we we get into into why it was it's so difficult for Bucky specifically a little bit later on. Mm-hmm. But you know, they keep trying to insert themselves into Falcon and Bucky because, you know, I think they suspect they can't do it without them. Yeah. You know, and at, at one point they're like, how did you find us? He's like, oh yeah, we had Red Wing. Yeah. Uh, what now? <laughs> exactly. Like, that's, Excuse me? that's not cool. That's not cool. So um, the next thing that we get is really quite an interesting scene um, that... Bucky takes Sam to the house of Isaiah. 
And this is also a character straight out of the comics um, where it was a black Captain America. It was a super soldier that um, I think the actual uh, comic book version was World War II. That makes sense. Uh, because but, there, there was also, uh, that's yeah. where Nick Fury came out of. He was yeah. with the Holly Commandos. But Bucky remembers him from the Korean War, specifically, that where this guy was dropped in to take care of Bucky um, back in his Hydra days. So there was kind of like a frenemy sort of vibe where obviously Bucky, as we know him, isn't going to be a threat against this guy, but the guy sees him as a threat. Yeah. And so Isaiah sense. is an older man um, and his grandson answered the door. His grandson is also a comic book hero. Um, his name is Eli and he goes by Patriot. So mm. these are all people who have some form of super soldier type powers. And so this is building an idea in the universe that the government never stopped experimenting on people, never yeah. stopped trying to replicate Captain America. And so the flag smashers have superpowers these two gentlemen have superpowers and you're like, how many more people in this universe are going to have this? Like yeah. And they kind of teased this up a little bit in the, the uh, agent Carter show mm -hmm. uh, forever and a day ago when they had the last vial of Cap's blood. Yes. And she steals it back and throws it off the bridge. Mm -hmm. <laughs> basically. Um, you know, to exactly prevent this. And there, there is a thought that, you know, she may have been able to stop some of this, at least from a shield perspective when she was in charge, but you know, I'm sure everything ramped back up as soon as yeah she was gone. And Hydra had been doing their own experiments all along. Mm -hmm. um, you've got to imagine other government agencies, other countries they all saw Captain America back in World War II, and they were like, hey, let's do that. So that's that's kind of the vibe, the, the world that we're building within this show, is mm -hmm. that other people had been experimented on, and it looks like some of them have been against their will, really. Yeah. Um, Isaiah mentioned that he was in prison for 30 years, and they kept studying him and doing experiments on him, and he's pretty traumatized by that. But it it really is going to be interesting because that it's not a character I knew about. And Sam mm -hmm. says the exact same thing when they go outside. And that gets yeah. to the confrontation with the police that you were talking about. Sam is yeah. mad because there's a black superhero that he never heard about. And how yeah. could they keep it from him? How could we not know about this guy? What else are we hiding that's that's yeah. what he's yelling at Bucky about. And Bucky's like, you know, I didn't tell Cap because I didn't want him to feel bad. I didn't want anybody to know this guy's been through enough. So yeah. Bucky feels like he was trying to protect this guy. And Sam feels like he should have been told. And so yeah. the cops pull up because they see two guys yelling at each other and they're immediately antagonistic against Sam yeah. And they're like, oh, Mr. White Guy, is is he threatening you? And Bucky's like, no, this is fine. Like, go away. And then they finally recognize Sam as an Avenger. And then they're like, oh, hi, Mr. Avenger. So yeah. I, I asked a couple of friends of mine what, what they felt about the experience. And mm -hmm. 
they were like, yeah, that, that seems very realistic to me. Um, yeah. So I was like, I, I'm trying to get my best friend to watch the show with me. And she's like, um, I will watch it sometime, but not right now. So I was like, yeah, that's, I get that totally fine. But, um, oh, the dogs are about to start barking. Spoiler warning, my dogs will bark because my husband's home with groceries. Thank you, Escape Podcast. Um, they they are addressing race in a way that is very realistic to the characters that they're portraying the, in this show. Yeah. And they're doing it in a way that I hope doesn't eliminate people who are afraid of those kinds of conversations. Um, but I think it's it's going to be in a way that's more authentic than what they've been portraying in various forms of media. You know, if, if they just had a conversation in the middle of a street and cops came up and were antagonistic against both of them, I don't think that would have read as realistic to today's society as Mm -hmm. the way they did it. And at the same time, they still subverted expectations because when they arrested somebody it wasn't the angry black man. Yeah. It was the white guy with a warrant. And I'm I'm kind of like they're they're still they're still telling the story in a way that's very real to the characters because Sam as Falcon has dealt with issues throughout his life, both in the movie and in the comics. And yeah. the actor has dealt with issues in his life as being a black man in today's society. And I think they're going to tell this story in a way where they're talking about some of these issues, but not in a way where they're talking about it just to tell that, you know, it's not, yeah. it's not a feminist story because we want a feminist story and we're going to punch you down the face with it. It's not a race story because we want to tell a race story and we're going to punch you down the face with that. It's just authentic to these characters. And it's an authentic experience to the characters as they are in the comics and in the movies and also to the people portraying them. Yeah, it's, it's an interesting topic and I'm all for having honest conversations about stuff, (laughs) but I, well, generally I, I'm a show me facts, show me stats, show me, you know, real data and then we can have an honest conversation about that you know yeah. I, I don't like the emotional argument because you can never win yeah. it doesn't matter what people side just you're get on. their dander up and then they want to fight yeah and not my thing um but at the same time one of the things that i like the best about movies like this is seeing a perspective portrayed on screen that is different than the one i grew up with yeah because you know i'm I am a white woman who grew up in Midwestern United States. I'm cis. I'm straight. I have a very particular perspective. And I like seeing stories that are things that I didn't experience. You know, mm-hmm. I like I like seeing things from people from other countries. I like seeing things from people with other identities. And all of that is a richer world experience, in my opinion. You know, I don't need to see yep. a Midwestern girl that reads a lot of books and likes dogs because that's my life, you know? Like, I don't yeah. I don't always need to see myself portrayed in TV and film because I know what my experience is. There's something to be said for seeing something that's authentic to you. And then there's also something where you can enjoy a story that's completely different from what you've experienced. 
yeah i'm off you know some of my favorite stuff has been overseas stuff or Mm -hmm. you know just different perspectives and different people and and that's great everybody wants to see themselves on screen or in a book or in music etc um because that's you know we're all individuals that's what makes us us and we should show that to everybody else um in a way that feels real to you and also authentic to what your personality is and your traits you know unfortunately we get a lot of exaggerations Mm -hmm. in every direction nowadays and i'm all for the quiet realism um You know, and and then we we move over into uh, after Bucky's been arrested, and uh, basically Walker's like, yeah, so we can't have him tied up in court mandated therapy, so we're going to break his agreement. Yeah, basically, and yeah, Walker tries to bend all the rules, and his court ordered therapist is like, oh no no no, we're gonna have a session right now, you and Falcon in my office in th- like an interrogation room yeah basically seriously probably my second favorite point of the episode because <laughs> yeah just it, get awkward about it and i love it yeah, it's weird and it's it's fantastic it's and, so and there's weird a great, on purpose yeah and there's a great moment where bucky finally starts talking about what he's feeling mm-hmm. about cap's legacy and he's like if you gave it up because you didn't feel good enough, then he was wrong about you and he was wrong about me. Yeah, it got real very fast. Yes, it did. And I was like, oh, all right, let's go. Yeah, because at first they're just having like a staring contest and she's like, get closer, get closer. And then he's like, what, do you want to go on the inside or outside? Like, <laughs> that's a conversation that I think they could really have. Yeah. Where if two guys had to sit that close together... They're going to, like, do you want to be the innie or the Audi? Like, do you yeah. want to both left, both right? Like, where are they going to position their knees so they can be yeah. that close? And it just felt like, like, unscripted, mm-hmm. where they were just being awkward with each other and posturing. And yeah. the whole moment would just felt lighthearted and silly. And then it got immediately real, where this is a guy who the one thing he's been clinging on to throughout all of his post brainwash days is that cap believed in him. Yeah. And he's like, if, if Sam couldn't hold on to the shield and be captain America, how can I believe in myself? Yeah. Exactly. And Sam is like, you guys don't understand where I'm coming from. I did what I thought I had to do yeah. because he's, I mean, uh, Steve and Bucky were both born in the forties, both white men both lived a very different life than what Sam has lived. And so he's trying to say, you know, I did this for me. I did this because I can't be Captain America. Yeah. And Bucky's just looking at it from his perspective where I needed you to be Captain America because I need to be able to believe in myself too. Yeah. So it was, it was a surprisingly powerful moment just dropped right in there that I didn't expect no, and, and I never actually expected, you know, Bucky plays everything so close to the vest. Mm-hmm. Uh, I never actually, like, I knew that that's kind of where he was going because, you know, it, it's kind of written in everything and how he reacted to everything. Yeah. Uh, but for them to actually come out and say it was 
surprisingly intimate and you know they kind of reacted in the typical guy fashion of well this is awkward this is intimate this is emotional i'm running away away. (laughs) yeah and then they go out and we get uh walker cap again outside and this is where we really see like he he seemed to have like a hero complex before where he was practicing and there was just a moment of i don't know can i really be captain america but this is the first time where we start to see that he might not be a hundred percent together and um there he he seems like confrontational and a little too angry i feel like he was um kind of like hair trigger that yeah. that sort of vibe yeah so, like honestly there, there's there's i can easily see him snapping mm-hmm. um and you know there's a moment where he's like all right if you're not gonna work with me then stay out of my way yeah and i'm like yeah i could see him killing them too if they got in his way like yeah So I think that's where we're going to go with this story because we know from the trailers that came out that eventually Falcon and Winter Soldier will pick up the shields and they'll be working together. I think that it's going to be something where Walker realizes or he does something where he is not fit to wear the shield anymore. And they either he gives it up voluntarily to Sam or they take it away from him. And I think well, that's, I think a bit that's of both. what they're setting up. And there's a lot of history in the comics that support that. Yeah, it, it'll be interesting uh, going forward. Uh, and then, of course, we end the episode with them deciding to go see Zemo. Mm-hmm. Uh, because he has all the information about the other Winter Soldiers. So Yeah, and honestly, like I love the actor, but he was not well used in no. the film. And too, too many from people. what we've seen, yeah, from what we've seen in like the trailers and the teasing pictures and stuff, it looks like it's going to be a much better version of the character. Mm-hmm. So I'm really looking forward to that. Like he gets much more, more comic book accurate. Yeah, hundred percent. So that'll be that'll be interesting. Uh, but yeah, that is uh, Falcon and Winter Soldier for yeah. this week. Uh, looking forward first couple to episodes of that. Yeah. Uh, you know, we're, we're already a third of the way through, which seems insane. Yeah. It's only Uh, six episodes. Yeah. It's only six episodes, which is It feels like we we were spoiled now by WandaVision. I know, right? Uh, but you know, but they're also, you know, like 45 minute episodes. So I'm okay with that. Um, yep. Maz Kanata, only six. It it feels too short. But if you think about it, we're like, that's a good length of a movie. Yeah. It's two movies put together. And I, I definitely think that where you could have made it into like an hour and a half, two hour long movie and it would have been okay. Yeah. I still like the episodic feel of this because it feels like we're building in layers. Yeah. And so I, I think that having this on, um, Disney Plus is the right call for it because yeah. I don't think that either Falcon or Winter Soldier are big enough draws for people where they would have wanted to go see it in the theaters. Yeah. But we're and really telling a... the story in a way that fleshes out these characters. And so yeah. it's, I think it's the perfect fit. Um, it's a really fun 
take on some of these um, maybe B-level characters. And we're also getting some C-level sidekicks thrown in. Um, Rhodey made an appearance. We know Sharon Carter is going to make an appearance. And it lets us have kind of like a richer tapestry. Yeah. Where if you tried to make just a normal Marvel movie out of it, I think it would have had to have a focus somewhere else, you know? Yeah. Um, there's too many big names within the MCU, mm-hmm. which is part of its strength, uh, for it to just, you know, focus on smaller characters. Yeah. Uh, which is why Disney Plus is going to work so well. Yeah. Uh, I think actually what, what, it, what the vibes are that it gives me is I think if Disney Plus had been an option... Black Widow would have been there too. Yes. Because I, I think that's one of the things we've been in post-production for so long with Black Widow and the, the release date keeps getting dragged out and dragged out. I think if we had had a TV show with her, yeah. that was six episodes in, in the same format as Falcon Winter Soldier, I think it would have been released a year ago and done very well. Yeah. And I think that's one of the things that, um, because their contracts are so different between Mm -hmm. tv and film um and it was at that point you know this this is the big send-off to black widow yeah uh and you know i'm okay with waiting for a movie because it dang well better be worth it um yeah but it it better be but i think i think if disney plus had been a strong format before Mm -hmm. all of this came out I think they would have yeah. chosen to go a different way. And maybe that they made Falcon and Winter Soldier the way they did because of all of the post-production problems they've been having getting Black Widow ready. Well, yeah. I mean, and the characters also... are not too dissimilar. It has the yeah. same, like, they're not really superheroes vibe where it's more the the technology and the personality and the skills that they use versus yeah. actual, like, I, I become a Hulk monster kind of vibe. Yeah. And I, well, it, I think that they've chosen to do the right thing with Falcon and Winter Soldier. Yeah. Um, and I like it. I like it a lot. Um, and this, you know, being as good as it is, you know, Disney plus was really built on the back of the Mandalorian. Mm-hmm. Um, and showing that you can do, you know, small screen, long form format, long form storytelling effectively. Mm-hmm. Uh, and, you know, I, I have a feeling and I've been keeping an eye on all the award stuff because uh, the Emmy nominations are coming up here in about three months. And that will be where we see how well received these Disney Plus shows are. Yeah. Uh, my suspicion is that WandaVision will be nominated for everything. The question of is, will it win? Because it does have to go up against things like the Queen's Gambit, which is very, very good. Um, that was a fantastic miniseries. It was so good. I'm like, but, but why Why does it have to be up against this? Like, But it no. might not be, because you're also thinking about which year it was released. Hmm. Queen's Gambit was See, definitely 2020, and WandaVision yeah, was pretty solidly in 21. Yeah, and but the way that they do it, it's like 
from July of 2020 mm. to May of 2021. So it may have just fallen in that category. Gotcha. Um, but it is the newer show. So yeah, that may, you know, help. And I'm sure Disney is, is doing yeah. a very big awards campaign behind the I, scenes. I expect that like WandaVision will probably get like a lot of technical awards yeah. because of the extreme detail that they put into set design, filming, yeah. um, wardrobe, all of that. Um, and my, especially my guess is... the, the theme songs. I, yes. I expect them to get nominated for music. Yeah. Um, my guess is of the acting nominations, we'll probably get the big three. Mm-hmm. Catherine Hahn is a lock. Um, I want Elizabeth Olsen to win. But unfortunately, she's going up against the, the uh, Anna Taylor-Joy, uh, who was very, very good mm-hmm. and has already won a bunch. So yeah. maybe. What uh, I expect is that they'll actually get a lot of People's Choice nominations. Yes. Uh, yeah, and I know where they might gotten... not get a lot of Emmys. I, I, I think that the um, like the SAG Awards, the foreign awards... The, yeah. the the kind of second tier of award shows I expect them to get a lot of those yeah it, it'll be interesting uh, I know that um, the DGAs which are the Directors Guild Awards are coming up in April that'll be the first big test if Max mm-hmm. Shakeman wins for that uh, then we know that they've got a shot at least of winning something uh, yeah. it'll be It'll be a lot like The Mandalorian. Mandalorian was nominated for everything, but only won a couple outside of the technicals. Yeah. So. As, as opposed to Falcon Winter Soldier, whereas I like this, it's not as surprising of a show. No. It's, it's the kind of thing that you would turn on the TV and expect to see. Um, yeah. A little action-y, a little buddy cop-ish. I don't expect it to be like a huge award gatherer no not at but all But it's very enjoyable if you if you have seen any of the captain america movies and we're like yeah i liked that you'll yeah you'll say the same about this show you're not yeah. we're not surprised by anything here yeah. it might have little twists and turns but really what i think it is is a very well done captain america movie in tv show format focusing on mm-hmm. falcon and winter soldier yeah and that's the thing so like well i like falcon and winter soldier like Mm-hmm. WandaVision and Mandalorian, they are a class all to themselves. They in really terms are. Of they were surprising. Execution and, and everything. Yeah. So it, it'll be interesting. Um, you know, but I think that they intended to do that. Um, you know, so we'll see. We'll see going forward. Uh, I will be watching this very, very closely because mm-hmm. I want them to win all of the awards as indicated by my porg i am only slightly obsessed with the show yeah um (laughs) but that is it for us this week uh catch us next week at our usual time at four o'clock eastern yeah uh right here on twitch we'll have Uh, all the news all the recaps from shows this week yep everything as in if it breaks uh we will have it all uh hit that follow button if you don't already follow us on twitch Hit that uh, subscribe button on YouTube. Hit a like. Give us a five-star review on your Check favorite podcasting app. We talk about all the other stuff that we're doing. Um, I yep. play 
Dungeons and Dragons with RSG, and I design T-shirts and all of our merch. Um, yep. Kat, you'll be able to chat with us as we actually talk about these episodes each week while we're watching them. It's good times. Uh, Sith Lord Aisha, thank you so much for the follow. I do appreciate it. Um, but yeah, we will see you guys next week. All of the links and stuff are down below in the descriptions. Uh, this will be going up on YouTube uh, tomorrow sometime uh, after I get done editing and then uh, in audio version come Monday morning. So we will see you guys then. Have fun. Have a good week. Stay geeky. Wear your mask. Protect your family. And we'll catch you next time. Bye. Bye.